Lord, thanks for tonight. God, thank you for the people in this room. Thank you for friendship and celebration and your spirit with us. Um, thank you for intercession. Thank you for just the ability to, to pray unto one another and to lift each other up and to call each other uh, into the fullness of who it is that you are, are forming and shaping us to be and have already declared over us. And as we spend time together tonight, Lord, I just pray that you would encourage us, that you would lead us and that you would call all of us up. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, so we've been uh, going through the spiritual gift series, and what we've been doing over the last like five months is going through these gifts kind of one at a time and exploring what they mean for us. We went through the fivefold ministry. We talked about apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. We did all that. We've been going through all the other spiritual gifts. Recently, we've gone through things like healing and miracles, and we've just been looking at kind of this plethora of gifts that God has given as a blessing to the church and a blessing to the world through his church. And it's been a wonderful journey, but today we want to slow down. We want to step away from kind of that rhythm and begin asking, what is all of this for? Where are we going? And kind of refresh our memories in three specific areas. We want to talk about God's direction for the church, the big C church, the things that he's doing, the things he's calling all of us to as the body of Christ. Secondly, we want to look at where we as City Beautiful Church are going. What are the things that God's doing? How is he stirring? How do we step into that stuff? And then thirdly, we want to look at what that means for each of us individually. We've been talking specifically about how the gifts interact with our personal lives, but we want to ask the question, we as followers of Jesus, people who are found in Christ, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for the direction of our lives? What does that mean for the calling that God has on each of our lives as followers of Jesus as we're found in him? And as we go through those three segments, as we look at, at the direction of the church, Church, as we look at the direction of our church, City Beautiful Church, as we look at the direction of our lives as individuals, spurs, interspersed through that, we're going to have a couple testimonies. And so I want to first call up my friend Kay, and um, I want us to, to, yeah, go ahead, yeah. The reason we're having each of these people come up and share is because, you know, as we've been going through the spiritual gift series, one of the things that we've said is we don't just want to be accumulating facts. We want to be stepping into these things. And the three people we hear from tonight are stepping into spiritual gifts as God has been revealing more of those to them in their lives as individuals. And it's going to give us a glimpse of what it looks like for all of us to step into that. So we'll hear from three people tonight, but imagine what it would be like for all of us to continue to step in to the things that God has called us into and has created us for. So Kay, you've been learning a lot about healing and discovering the Lord, kind of stirring that in you, enlivening that in you. What's that process been like? It's been amazing to watch the Lord not only sort of back end things he's been already teaching me and then completely reveal new things around healing. I remember coming into that message just sort of being just being here. I was really, I was expectant that the Lord was going to do something. I believed in healing, but I just thought it was something that I was going to learn a little bit more about. But to see him so very obviously call out that this is something that I'm mm. called into mm. um, was just something that I wasn't expecting. And it's been a beautiful process for him to reveal things that's been done in the past. It's like these occurred because he already had this. And then to platform me to move mm. forward has been something amazing. Yeah. So, you know, as with most new things, there's like this process of figuring out um, how it all works. Um, what has your journey been like 
in, in like the forward facing, like the people facing thing. There's all this stuff going on below the surface and like God is showing you things, but then that turns outward. And what's that been like? It has been, it's really funny. Um, just because when you, at least for me, when I meet with the Lord in the new things, I was thinking about this in between services and it, I think for the outward facing, it hinged on this one morning. I had a meltdown in the beginning of the morning. And so that's where you start. And I was driving. I had to drop something off at Ryan's house. And I was driving. And I got to this place in my car. And I said, Lord, I want your best. Hmm. Whatever your best is for me in Hmm. this moment or whatever the moments in the future are, I want that. And so when you're stepping out in your gifts and you're like, you feel the Lord prompting you, it's sort of this (laughs) very laughable conversation. Like, all right, Jesus, um, I'm here. Like, Hmm. I'm ready. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, give me direction. (laughs) Like, that's that's my prayer. Like, God, I want your best, and I want your best for this person. Mm. I want to be in this moment with them, and what does that look like? Um, And it's sometimes it's just, okay, pray, or it's step out and tell them, but it's that moment of healing. I was like, what does healing look like? He shifted Mm. for me, and I think that's been really incredible. Yeah, so what is some of the, like, specific fruit that you've seen as the result of stepping into more of this gift that God's been revealing? So there's been two um, times with two different friends. One was at dinner, and it was, after, it was right after Sunday, it was Monday night, and one of the gifts that sort of come with healing is you get this feeling in your hands, you can feel the spirit of God in your hands, and they get really hot. And I'm sitting with this friend at dinner, and he doesn't know the Lord, and my hands are on mm-hmm. fire, and I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm going to anoint him right here, dandelion, like, how are we going to do this? And I was like, Lord's like, no. And I was like, all right. So, and I sat there, and I reached over, and I said, you are worth it. Hmm. Like, you have worth, like, your mess that you're afraid of, other people stepping into, that is worthwhile loving now in the mess. And I think that was so much, that was equally as healing as regrowing an arm. That was equally as healing as stopping Hmm. pain. Um, And then last Wednesday, I was at lunch with another friend, and he was, he's in counseling, and he was at his counseling session, and his counselor said, everyone has anger, and they don't really get over it. They just learn to deal with it better. And I was like, that's the dumbest thing. That's awful. And I was like, I was just (laughs) really upset about it, because I was like, no, I've met the Lord, and you move out of things. He redeems things. And so I was like, that's nonsense. And so (laughs) he, the the strangest thing was, he told his counselor, he goes, no, 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 I don't think that's true. You have to meet this girl. Like, that's not true for her life. Mm. And he's telling me this on the back end, and I'm like, Mm. oh, and I was thinking about it. <laughs> that was like just the only oh. time. Like, mm, Jesus, like, do you do you respond to it? Or he's like, oh, people are talking about you in counseling. Like, you should just let it go. So I <laughs> was talking with the Lord as Cole had talked to me earlier in the week, and he was, that was healing because your life, your wholeness, gave him hope that it existed. Mm. And I think accepting the reality that something is possible with the Lord is the beginning of healing, and to know that my life for him is that yeah. was tremendous because I didn't think that just existing, existing in him was enough to bring healing. And I think it's also very inviting that each of us living with the spirit has that opportunity. You're, you get to see him, people see you, mm. and it provides hope. So I think that was the thing that sort of blew me away, that just living and loving well mm. gave him hope to be whole, yeah. gave him hope to let go of something that's bound him up. Mm. So I think that's awesome. something that changed. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Um, can you just pray for us that we would receive healing and we'd be people who receive that gift and live it out? Yeah. yeah. Um, if you just want to open up your hands just to invite um, the Lord into this moment. Uh, sweet Papa, we are just so grateful. Um, <laughs> 
that we get to stand before you as your children, as your daughters and your sons, that this is something you want for us, that this is something you desire, that this is something you call us up into. Lord, mm. redeem our stories. Yeah. Turn our tombs into galleries. Turn our brokenness into hope. Bring us into the light to see that you are light and see that we get to go give it out now. Mm. God, make us bold. Yes. Um, make us discerning. Yeah. That we may hear you and go where you call, Lord. Give us your best and help us to desire that for us. Don't let us settle here in brokenness. Don't let us settle here in the so-so. But, Lord, may mm. we strive after resting in you and mm -hmm. loving you deeply and getting to meet you in ways we never imagined. So we thank you that you're just bringing this gift forth and that we get stories of it that blow our minds. Um, Papa, we love you um, and we're so grateful for you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kay. Come on. Let's do a whoop. One, two, three. Whoop. All right. So here we go. What is the direction of the church, the church as a whole, the body of Christ? What does that mean for us? Let's look at this. God has empowered his church to reveal the realities of heaven through word and deed. And as Kay talks to us tonight about healing, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the realities of God revealed in your life and revealed in my life, revealed through the church. And that's why God has put us here. That's why he's redeemed us in Christ, that we would be blessed to be a blessing to the people around us. And we think about what is the calling of the Big C Church, those of us who are found in Jesus. It's to step into the healing work of Christ so that we can see more of the reality of heaven here and now. And that is the commission of Jesus as we see in Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 and 10. And I recognize a lot of this is maybe stuff that we talk about pretty regularly, but I don't think we can talk about it enough because God is continually calling us into it. So Jesus is teaching us how to pray, and he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Present tense language right here, right now. Father, we want to take our left hand and our right hand and reach up to heaven, grasp the realities of the fullness of who you are, and pull it down to earth so that our world looks like your world. And that's the commission of the church. As we are found in Christ, you and I are called to be people who gather together and manifest the realities of heaven right here and right now. And we have this phrase when it comes to this concept, and oftentimes we hear it put like this, already but not yet. And that's true, the reality of Christ, the salvation we find in Jesus. Salvation is here for us, but the fullness of heaven is not currently here. But I think a lot of times this phrase gives us an excuse. It becomes an excuse for inaction. Oh, you know, the fullness of heaven isn't here Yet, and that's just the way things are going to be. And tonight, I hope that we would shift our perspective from, not, from already but not yet to the place of saying already and increasing. And every time we step into a moment, every time we encounter a situation, every time we encounter a relationship that's broken or a person that's broken or a moment of pain or a moment of difficulty, we wouldn't say, oh, that's just the way things are because sin exists and that's the world we live in. And we wouldn't say already but not yet, but we would say already and increasing. Right here, right now, here I am with God and I believe that I'm in a place of glory with 
Jesus today and that God is calling me into a place of greater glory tomorrow. And so where I am today, I'm thankful for it. Where I am today, I'm celebrating. Where I am today, I'm praising. And now I'm taking the next step because I believe that we have experienced so much of God, but there's more for us to receive of who he is. There's more of heaven for us to reach up and pull down to earth. And that's his plan and that's his desire for us, that we would be people who live in already and increasing, recognizing that we're moving from where we are now to where he would have us be tomorrow. And this isn't just a New Testament idea. When we see the prophetic passages of the coming of the Messiah in Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah writes this, of the greatness of his, the Messiah's government and peace, there will be no end. And so Jesus was the end of the penalty of sin over us. Jesus took the penalty of sin and he allowed us to step into relationship with God. But Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection from the dead was not only an end, but it was a new beginning as we're infilled with the Holy Spirit, now empowered by God as the church to step into the fullness of of the things that he has for us so that we can manifest the kingdom, the realities of heaven right here and right now. And so we see these prophetic passages reminding us, forewarning us of the immensity of what's going to happen as the result of the coming of the Messiah. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul writes this, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. So look, get a hold of that. Like we used to be aliens, we used to be alienated from God. There was a chasm between us and him. And Jesus came and he changed it. And no longer are you foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. And also members of his household. You've seen The Great Gatsby. You've read the book by F. Scott Fitzgerald. This man who throws lavish parties. Like that pales in comparison to the fullness of the party of God's life. And he's opened the front door of his mansion for us. And he's invited us in. And we go in and we encounter him in a deep place of intimacy. And he downloads in us the totality of who he is so that we can go back out the front door. And love the world like he desires for us to love them. And to embody his heart and to embody his persona. We are members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. You and I, as we step into the fullness of the unity of Christ, positioning the church to move forward in fullness, we are joined together and we become a holy temple to the Lord. We become a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. And in him, you too, you you sitting in this room tonight, we who are found in Christ are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And so God desires to manifest the fullness of his kingdom in and through us. And he has empowered us because we have come together as the church and we become, as we come together, we become a dwelling place in which the Holy Spirit lives. Our ultimate destination is the fullness of the realities of heaven here and now. And that is what God is calling us to. That is our destination as the church. That is our calling as the body of Christ to manifest the realities of heaven here and now where we are so that the world steps into the fullness of everything that God is dreaming for it. 
We see the picture of Eden in the, new, in, in, in the book of Genesis. This place where Adam walked with God. This place of perfection. And that place is only a glimpse of the fullness of what it looks for, uh, like for us to live in the glory of God. They experience God to some degree. They experience the peace of perfection. But that is not what we are returning to. We are stepping into a greater place of glory with God, ever-increasing encounter with Him. And God has chosen to use His church to be the vessel through which that happens. Tonight, I want to invite Nathan up as we continue to hear some testimony of what it means for us to step into our gifts. And um, God's just been stirring some things in him related to the gift of the apostolic. So tell us what that has looked like for you to kind of discover more of that. Um, Yeah, it's actually a journey that God put me on in this place about two years ago when I was, you know, just a stranger walking off the street, not knowing anyone here. And, you know, being the apostolic, you know, God gives you a big picture. He shows you the whole picture, and he's like, but there's this piece over here that if you just add to it, it's going to look more like heaven, you know. And since that day one, and praying about it, and God revealing to me that everything I'm looking for is, you know, in him, but that extension of him is in this place, and in this community, and in this body, is saying yes to that. And in this spiritual gift series, just continuing to say yes to the the training and the growing and the leading that he's taking me through with all the, the little things that we're focusing on. Yeah, yeah. so for you, um, as, you've, as you kind of have this gift to kind of see the bigger picture, you've plugged in in a specific way in, in leading our engagement team. Um, so what is it like to kind of be part of a, a bigger picture? It's incredible. Um, I'm so honored to have people look to me and I look to people. I think that's the biggest thing for me is coming into this place and like, you know, you just saw, like, you mean an incredible amount to me and there's so many people that do here, you know? And I would not had that community if I'd have, if I'd have held back, hmm. if I'd have stayed just wondering and, you know, not doing the, the little things that God is calling me to and saying the yes and amen and there's things that people have prophesied over me in this place and saying, really? Okay, let's do it, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's the biggest blessing in my life. Yeah, so one of the things we asked Kay that I would love to hear from you too is, like, what is some of the fruit that you've seen as a result of just trusting God and stepping into more of obedient lives? Yeah, it, it's crazy. Um, I have a big desire to pastor, and I know it's a part of my life and to lead a church one day and be a part of that and plant and um, one thing I've always said is if everyone was going to do that, I was going to start with, like, you know, a coffee shop or some place where people can congregate and then be, like, a, a family and a home and grow from that. And, the, the, you know, the crazy thing is this past couple of months, we have a building now. And um, I've been assigned, you know, the, um, the privilege, the honor to, you know, it sounds like a small thing, but in my life and the way God was working things out, to design and run the, the cafe, you know, that, that place where people are going to congregate. And so even though, you know, it's not the, the, the big thing, it is a huge thing, but there's always more. Like the way he's training and growing me by saying yes in this moment is so clear and so beautiful how it's taking me in that apostolic vision of seeing the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah. awesome.
Um, can you just play, uh, pray over us that we would have uh, a more clear picture of our own individual gifts, that being part of the apostolic, is helping people identify those. Um, so let's just close our eyes and allow Nathan to pray over us, that God would continue to give us clarity about um, our gifts. Yes, let's open our hands too. God, we thank you for the giftings that you placed inside of every single person here. God, City Beautiful is not just one, one person doing his or her thing. It's all of us coming together. And this place, being kingdom and being heaven, is all of us bringing those giftings and that sonship to this place and walking that out. And therefore, in our city, in our country, and in this world, God. Father, would you give us a deeper revelation and understanding of the gifts that are inside of us? And Father, more importantly, would we not be afraid? God, yeah, I just cast out fear from those gifts that we know are in our lives, but we're afraid to say yes to, for whatever reason. We declare that the fear is gone in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, let us boldly explore who we are, and more importantly, who we are in you and who you made us to be. Because those things are exactly the same. In the name of Jesus, amen. Yeah. So we have this big picture of where we're going as the church, but what does that mean for our church? What does that mean for us as a local congregation? God has given us a framework for kingdom culture in the local church. And so this big picture vision of what, is, what God is calling the Big C Church to is fulfilled through us, a body of believers here in Orlando, Florida. You know, we talk about our building. Nathan just mentioned it. We've mentioned it a couple times tonight. Quick update. Uh, we signed a, a lease two weeks ago. Yep. Uh, we're still working through stuff with the city. Um, there's a new architect on the job um, who's helping us through that. And we hope to get that done soon so that we can move in as soon as possible. So quick update on that. But it's not just about us having a building. It's not just about us doing ministry. It's not about us just volunteering. It's about us understanding the fullness of the ministry that God has called and created each of us for in us operating in each ministry in those contexts. So, you know, I talk to musicians or I talk to artists and, and they say, you know what, I, I volunteer as a musician or I volunteer in this way or that way or somebody in the greenhouse. I volunteer with the kids or operations or the cafe. And all of us have this context in which we volunteer. But that's a really wonderful thing, but it's only the beginning. It's only the glimpse of how we step into the fullness of what it is that we're supposed to do together in ministry. Yes, we volunteer. Yes, we serve. Yes, we give of our time. But that's only the beginning. It's that we would step into being a guitar player, understanding our spiritual gifts. I'm a guitar player who has the gift of pastoring. I'm a guitar player who has the gift of prophecy. I'm someone who works in the greenhouse, and I have the gift of hospitality. I'm someone who works in the cafe, and I have the gift of healing. Because what happens is that we volunteer, we give of our time, we serve, and we're standing behind the cafe bar. But if I recognize and understand that God has given me the gift of healing, when I see somebody hobble in here, I step out from behind the cafe bar and I go and my, I, lay, I lay my hands on them because I recognized how God has gifted me. 
And that's the goal, that's the objective, that we wouldn't just do stuff, but we would step into ministry with a full understanding or a developing understanding of the gifts that God has given us so we can do those things most effectively. Our 2015 mission, this is why we've been doing this for the last five months, disciple and commission each member of City Beautiful Church and their spiritual gifts to serve the church and the world as part of a culture of honor. We want to disciple and commission each of us into the fullness of our created purpose as we gather together as his church. That's why we've been teaching through these things on Sunday morning. That's why we've given so many morning, we, <laughs> evening. I actually taught at another church this morning. Um, there's, there's, a, uh, there's a church that is on the, the Bolivia trip with some of our team. So there's like two churches that kind of went together to Bolivia and it ended up where like everyone on their leadership team ended up going to Bolivia and they called me on Wednesday. They're like, Hey, can you speak on Sunday? And I was like, sure. You guys are going to do ministry in Bolivia with us. I'll come over there and talk. It was really cool. So it's just cool to see how like God is uniting the church and unifying us. That's totally irrelevant to what I'm talking about, but absolutely completely relevant. Anyway, uh, that's why we have these Sunday teachings about the spiritual gifts. That's why we had that prayer experience at the beginning of our series. And, and we had this, this, this audio file that you could sit down with, and we talked just a little bit about each of the gifts, and we left space for you to pray and consider and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I went through that early on in the series, and there was so much fruit that came out of that time that I spent. And I just, I, I was on the audio recording, but I found like so much value in just going and sitting with the Lord and thinking through and praying through the spiritual gifts. And that still exists. I encourage you guys to do it if you haven't done it. That's why we have these Wednesday night gatherings because it's not enough for us just to know. We're not here to accumulate information. We're here to step into this stuff. And our, our Wednesday night gatherings are built around that. The last uh, Wednesday night gathering that we had on the third Wednesday of, what month is this, June, um, was really beautiful. We got together and we sang together and we, uh, we prayed together and we sweat together. Um, and that was totally my fault because I had turned the AC off and I thought I turned it back on, but I didn't. So for all of you who were sweating last Wednesday, or two Wednesdays ago, I apologize for that. It's my fault. Um, and then we took this time to, um, to kind of call one another up prophetically. So in the midst of the music, in the midst of the prayer, we paused and we just said, all right, Lord, would you speak to us? And several people just called us up. They spoke out prophetically as we listened. And then we took time to take each of those phrases a bit at a time. And consider, Lord, what are you saying to me in this? What are you saying to me through this? And we were able to kind of like have a time of training, a guided time of listening to the Holy Spirit and practicing the spiritual gift of prophecy and calling one another up into a deeper place with the Lord. And so as we look at this, disciple and commission each member of City Beautiful Church and their spiritual gifts. That's why we're doing all this stuff, to serve the church and the world as part of a culture of honor. And right now, we not only have a team in uh, Bolivia, we have a team, uh, we have a couple from our church who's in South Africa for the next couple of months doing stuff. Um, we have our partnership with the Human Experience, the school here in town. Uh, we have, gosh, where are people right now? There's a ton of people from crew are out in Colorado right now. Like there's people all over, Jenna Ricci is somewhere, always, I don't know. She's always out like Costa Rica soon. So we have these people who are out. So we have this team in Bolivia. We also have several from our community, including Ryan um, in Peru right now, and they sent us a video. So let's take a look at There's a picture. That's cute. Hey, family. Here we are up in Ladera de Chion in uh, Lima, Peru. It's been an amazing few days. 
of uh, just sharing life with the people in this community, seeing their vision for their neighborhood, the, all the ministries they've been part of. This morning, we had the opportunity to lead worship uh, for them, um, and I got to preach, and it's just been a really amazing time. We can't ha- wait to come back to you guys tomorrow and uh, share more of our experiences here and what it is that we ho- hope to partner with them in the future. So continue to be praying for us. And again, thank you so much for all your support. You have no idea what it's meant to our friends here. So God bless, and we'll see you in a week. Adios. Bye. It's not live, so they can't hear us. But uh, so, And then we get to this last part, as part of a culture of honor. And man, this is something that God has really just been stirring in me and teaching me a lot about. Um, kind of like the opposite story really quick. I've told this story before, but I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of you haven't heard it. Um, so I'll tell it again. And if you have heard it, I hope you enjoy it. Um, so I, I was in Payway and the to-go line, and there was, you know, a cash register there. And then all, at Payway, there's like the, the, the order in, the dine-in line over there. So I'm sitting here, and it's really crowded, and like all the employees are running all over the place. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm a little bit frustrated because I'm really hungry and I feel like the system is, you know, inefficient and I could do this way better and, like, I have this scowl on my face, right? And then in the, in the order in line, there's this couple there and this woman is, like, laughing about something with this guy she's with. And you know how when you're frustrated, like, happy people amplify the frustration, Right? So that was happening, and I'm, like, scowling at them as they're standing in line. And as this lady is just kind of going about her life, she sees my face, and she goes from laughing to just, like, in an instant. And I literally thought in my head in that moment, I just stole that woman's smile. And, and it, it was all so clear, like the concept of honor, like you and I always have the ability to either look at someone who's in a better place than us, look at someone who's joyful, look at someone who is just going forward in worship, and we have two options. We scowl or we honor them. And in our honoring, something supernatural happens where it multiplies whatever it is we're honoring. Jesus put it like this in Matthew chapter 10, and I'll just say to you, I have no idea how this happens. It is a supernatural mystery, but look at what Jesus says. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. There is power in honoring someone else. And when we honor someone's worship, it multiplies the worship. It's not like, oh, they're like really going for it. And, and I'm just going to honor that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it too. And then we take a little bit of what they got. No, it doesn't work that way. We honor their worship. And we get to join with them in experiencing God the way they're experiencing. As these kids run around sometimes in, the, in, the, in the, uh, some of our worship sets, it's like they are not in any way a distraction to our worship. They are reminding us what it looks like to be a kid who worships with abandon, right? And so I So I can look at them and I'd be like, oh, rugrats running around like some curmudgeon old man. Or I can be like, yes, Lord, give me that heart. Like, give me the heart of a child to worship you with my hands without any abandon. Uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was Eric Johnson. I listened to a podcast recently where he was talking. He was talking about like kids 
in, in, we in worship as adults, we're like, we're always gauging like, okay, what, how much can I worship here? Like if their hands are raised this much, like how, how high can I raise my hands? And like, there may be like, you know, kind of step touching. So what does that mean for how much I can move? Right. And we're always gauging our worship based on how other people around us are experiencing worship. But like you're with a bunch of kids, right? And the back seat of the car is full of kids. And you're like, guys, we're getting some ice cream. And immediately there's no thought of like, how much are they celebrating getting ice cream? Like, are they cheering? How much can I cheer? No, you just like get some ice cream and the kids are like, yes, let's get ice cream. And they go for it. And as we look at kids, as we honor their childlike faith, it's like, Faith, it's like God just implants in us the, the heart of a child, and we get to go for God in that same way. And as we learn to honor one another, we get to share in the blessing that God is like revealing one thing to that person, and we get to share in that revelation, and we experience a greater understanding of who God is. When we honor the work of the Spirit in someone else, it expands our experience with God. Mark. Come up here and talk to us for a minute. So Mark, um, again, like we're doing this to, to get a grasp of what like kingdom culture can look like as we step into our spiritual gifts. So Mark has been kind of experimenting in and like walking out in prophecy. What was the discovery of like that for you? So for me, the discovery was when the first beloved retreat happened. Um, and by the way, that's this Friday and you should come and it's at the Singleton's house at 7 p.m. And you can find more information at yes. cbeautiful.ch, as C-H. would say, slash weekly. Yes. Um, had, to have that, get, had to get that plug in for Shannon. Um, so at the first Beloved Retreat, it was just like, I didn't know what to expect, and it was kind of like unexpected for you to even be there. And the Lord just really like unlocked something in me that day and like met me, and it was just this super sweet encounter of me just like sitting at this picnic table with him just like meeting me there and Dan like ushering in the presence of the Lord and just being like, oh. Like, just crying, bawling my eyes out. And from that moment, it was just like he, un, like, activated something in me where it was just like, here's these gifts that I have for you, and I'm going to activate this, so now you can walk in them. And so that was, like, the activation beginning part. And then the second beloved that just happened, beloved, I need to remember how that, that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. Um, Is there a war, an internal war? Yes, there's internal <laughs> war between Shannon and everyone who says beloved. Um, <laughs> no, Beloved. She beloved. wants you to say beloved. Yes. Yes. I'm getting, see, now I'm, get, now I'm mixing it up. <laughs> um, so you're so, stepping into this. That's where we're going. Here. Yes. You're learning. I'm stepping into it. How is this being, like, discovered in you? Well, I've been, like, really trying to be intentional in practicing, like, different, different, like, experimenting different things of, like, how this is working for me. Because I, I believe that everyone, like, obviously everyone has their own gifting of whatever. And in that, like, everyone has a unique way of experimenting with it. So I've just kind of been experimenting with like, okay, what's going on in the spirit, Lord? Show me this, show me that, and then like seeing it, and then like just different things. Just really trying to be like, I don't know, just mess around, just have fun, be like a child in, in like experimenting. So what does that mean? Like what does it mean to experiment? Um, well, one of the ways that I've been experimenting was like I'll, in worship or whatever, prayer, doesn't matter. I'll just be like, hey, Lord, show me what's going on right now. And I'll just, like, get this vision with my eyes closed, and then I'll open my, like, I'll be like, okay, that's awesome. Like, let's see, and then I'll just open my eyes, and then what's going on with my eyes closed is going on with my eyes open. And it's like, oh, this is cool. Why is this happening? And it's like, 
the way I described it, I'm not going to describe it the same way again, but it was like a layer of like one image on top of another image with the second image being like opaque, like see-through-y. It's like not clear. It's like how, I'm how I see things isn't like how I'm seeing you guys. It's like, I don't know, hazy. But I just, I don't know, practice little things like that. Just experiment. So um, why don't you share with us something that the Lord has just kind of said to you for us? Okay, so I didn't do this the first service because, I don't know, I just, I don't know, I just didn't. Just um, do it now. You know I'm going to do it this time because the Lord, like the Holy Spirit said to go to Isaiah 40. And I was just like, okay, so this is what he said, or this is what it the Lord says. And then I have a vision for the, uh, a vision to release to you guys. So the Lord says in Isaiah 43, a voice is calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. And let the rough ground become a plain and the rugged terrain a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So that's what he shared with me a little bit ago. But the vision is, so I don't know, after Cole was like, hey, we're going to interview people. Do you like I want you to be one of the people to interview. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I'm going to press in and see what the Lord's like going to show me or what the Lord wants to release to everybody. So what I saw was this like plain, this ground of being like cultivated and prepared and like this soil being like worked on for something to be planted in it. And so above that was this tree that was like, you know how when you see people like transporting trees on the highway, it's like wrapped up in the little fabric below the roots? Anyway, so that's what I saw, and it was like a tree, obviously the tree's hovering over there for a reason, because it's going to be planted, and that represents us being planted at the, new at the new building. So when I saw that, I was like, oh yes, I got so excited and fired up, and like what I heard was, when this, is, when this tree's planted, fruit is going to grow, roots are going to grow deep, and from that, so much breakthrough, revelation, inner healing, like we're going to be launched up into, like, a new place for City Beautiful. Like, we're going to be taken up higher than we were. It's like new wineskin, new fruit, new land. Um, so, yeah, I just released that over you guys. Yeah, good. Oh, now I'm singing that song. It's from the Messiah. You know what I mean? And the glory that goes out there. There's this thing called Handel's Messiah. You may have heard of the Hallelujah Chorus. It's from that. That's another song in it. Again, irrelevant. Let's move on. So we've talked about the big C church, where it's going. We've talked about our church, City Beautiful Church, how we participate in that. And now we're going to talk as we end, as we wrap up tonight, we're going to talk about what all of this means for individuals. As we find ourselves positioned in Jesus, what does that mean for us as individuals? And let's see this. A healthy, fruitful Right? I wrote that without him knowing that he was about to say that. A healthy, fruitful church is comprised of people who are pursuing healthy, fruitful lives. And living a fruitful life begins with knowing and treasuring who God says we are. 
we talk about this a lot. We talk about understanding the fullness of our identity in Jesus. I'm just going to kind of instill this in us one more time tonight because I think it's so integral in our ability to step into the fullness of the calling that God has for our church and the church as a whole for us to understand who we are in Jesus. My tendency so often is to define myself by what other people think of me or my fear of what they might think of me based on what I might say or what I might do or what I will do or won't do. And often I'm immobilized or, or imprisoned in my, uh, in my fear of what others might think of me. I was hanging out with a couple of friends the other night, and me and this one friend were trying to get the third friend to come hang out with us. And it was all positive peer pressure, I promise. So we were like, hey, don't sit at home, come hang out with us. And he ended up came, coming, coming to hang out with us. And then uh, as part of that, two different times, each of them said something to the effect of like, Cole, this would never work on you. You're never swayed by the opinions of other people. And in, inside I'm just like, man, do I have them fooled. Like for me, like that's like a struggle of my life to actually like no, do what I know to be the best. In light of what people might think of me or how people might respond to me. Like that is so uh, to me. And the thing that I always come back to is just the knowledge that, that the only thing I can replace that fear with is the knowledge of who God says I am. And that is going to be the thing that positions me to step into the fullness of the things that God wants me to step into. I led a small group a couple years ago, and one of our assignments in this small group was to, um, to, as we read scripture, write out the things that God says about who we are, to identify the words that God declares about who we are. And that week I was reading in Ephesians chapter 1. In Ephesians chapter 1, the first few verses says this, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption of sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. And so I'm doing this assignment and I think to myself, oh my goodness, look at all the words that I can pull out of this. Let's start with the, be- is that the beginning? Praise? All right. Uh, so these words that I'm, we're seeing as the identity of who we are, of how God sees us. Blessed. We're in Christ. It goes on to say we're chosen. We're holy. We're blameless. We're loved. We're predestined. We're not going to talk about that one a whole lot tonight. I don't know why it's such an issue. We're adopted. We're sons. We're adopted sons and daughters of the king. When God sees us, this is how he sees us. When God thinks of you, this is what he thinks about you. And this is just in two verses. The rest of the chapter goes on to include all of these words that describe who we are. Faithful, redeemed, forgiven, lavished on, uh, unified, unified. That's what happens when you put your iPhone away for a little while. Try it. (laughs) Included, saved, marked, sealed. God's possession. These are the words that God uses to describe who we are in my entire life. I grew up using words like sinner and dirty and gross and separated to describe who I was. All the while, not once in the New Testament does a single person ever use the word sinner to describe anyone who's been rescued by Jesus. Did you know that? Christians use that word all the time to describe one another. 
But this, this is who God says we are. And for me to have a renewed mind and a renewed heart, it means that I'm throwing away the definitions of who the world says I am. And I am committed to taking on the identity of who God says I am. And it doesn't matter what I do or don't do. God always sees me this way. So on the days where I mess up, on the days where I would define myself as unfaithful, God is saying, uh-uh, you're faithful. On the days where I might feel dirty and rugged and ragged, and I call myself those things, God is saying, uh-uh, you're redeemed. Don't you dare smear the work of Jesus on the cross by calling yourself an unredeemed sinner. Jesus took care of that, and every time I say I'm a sinner, I throw the work of Christ on the cross in the trash can. Because God is calling me redeemed. And you can take that to the bank. God is calling me forgiven. He's calling me lavished on. I'm his possession because he wants me. Not because I'm a prisoner, but because I'm an adopted son. Because he wants me. And that's who we are. And when we know our position in Christ, it postures us to live lives of power. That's why it's essential for us to know who we are. Because if we're to step into the calling of the church to bring heaven to earth, if we're to step into the fullness of our calling in this season, a city beautiful church, to understand and step into our spiritual gifts, all of it has everything to do with understanding that we're adopted by God, that we're seated in the heavenly realms, that we have the mind of Christ. That's who we are. That's what we're stepping into. And we talk about all this stuff, and I'm just going to end with a challenge because all of this means that there's so much for us. There is so much to be had by us. And I think that through this series, we've given a lot of challenges. And I know that so many of you have taken a risky step and stepped into answering those challenges, stepped into risky moments where God had to show up. And that's so beautiful and so honorable. But I know that there are times in my life where I walk out those doors right there and I never think twice about what God said to me in this meeting. But he wants us to not accumulate this stuff because then it just becomes trash. It becomes clutter in our lives until we do something with it. And so I want to give us these two challenges tonight. And you, had, uh, you were given a card on the way in and a pen. And I want you to write these two things down. And I want you to carry this with you. And I want you to do something about it. The first thing, as we step into what God has for us, as we fulfill the mission, as we fulfill the calling, number one, personal spiritual pursuit. Our church is only as strong as our pursuit of him in our lives personally. No one can be a surrogate for you in your relationship with God. Because that is what all of this is about, relationship a connection to God and his divinity and his fathering heart for us. And I can tell you all day long, I can shout at you all day long that God loves you and he cares for you, but it doesn't matter until you experience it. And you experience it in the secret place with him. You experience it in the quiet place with him. So put on a sonic flood song and go in the secret, in the quiet place, in the stillness, you are there. Just go for it. Be with him in a secret place. And maybe for you, you're like, hey, I do that like once every four weeks. Like I take time with God once every four weeks. Well, if that's you this week, I just want to say like, 
take a step and just do it maybe three times this week. Just take a step. That's what all is. It's just steps, you know? Ground, not Groundhog Day. What's the one with the baby steps? What about Bob? Yeah. Just baby steps. Like God is loving us into our next baby step. And he celebrates with us when we do it, right? So, so let's just, like, maybe you're somebody tonight who's like, you know what, I usually do that maybe two or three times a week. We'll make it five this week. Go spend five moments with the Lord, listening to him and praying and reading scripture and just, like, soaking him in. Maybe you're, like, a giant and you're like, I do that five times a week. Well, let's get every, all seven days this week, right? Maybe for you it's like, I do that every seven days a week for 45 minutes. Make it an hour. Just like take a step, do something to increase our personal spiritual pursuit of the Lord. Write it down. Maybe write a specific, what are you going to do? The second thing is intentional relationship. Intentional relationship. Who are, the God, who are the people that God has placed in your life? And how are you pursuing them? And it's not only intentional relationship, it's intentionality in the midst of relationship. It's not enough just for us to spend time together. It matters what we do when we gather. So this week, as you spend time with people, ask the Lord, Lord, who are you calling me to spend time with? Who are you calling me into relationship with? How do I do that? And when I get there, when I show up, do I show up ready to have an encounter with you with them? And that radically shifts everything. When we're willing to engage with one another in a deeply spiritual place, it will radically shift everything. So you engage with God, you engage with people, and when you engage with people, God is there with us, and we're experiencing him together. So what intentionality are you going to have about relationship this week? And in those relationships, how are you going to be intentional? Do you have a relationship that is purely based on surface nothingness? Bring Jesus with you. Allow the Holy Spirit to permeate those moments. Take your relationship to a new level of depth. This is the challenge in this this week. Be the brave one. Be the one to break the surface tension and to call your friends and family higher or deeper, in keeping with the metaphor. Like something shifts when we're willing to be the one who takes the first awkward step. I was talking to somebody this week. Uh, maybe two weeks ago. And she's like, yeah, you know, I tried to have like this deeper conversation with some people and they just like kind of shamed me a little bit. Don't let it happen. Or if it does happen, like allow it to be a moment where like the Lord, you just see him smiling over you. Don't let the responses of the people around you dictate your life. Allow the goodness of God flowing in and through you to dictate what you do and why you do it. And as we step into relationship with people, bring the Holy Spirit with us. Strategize with him before we arrive, asking him, God, when I show up here, what is it that you want to do? And when we show up prepared, there's a much higher likelihood that we'll step into that moment of bravery, injecting the Holy Spirit in our relationships. And our relationships will be different. Our church will be different. The church will be different. Our city will be Things will be different when we choose to engage one another strategically with the Holy Spirit as the center of who we are and what we're doing. Let's stand together. Um, just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, would you just speak specifically to each of us now? 
I'm just going to stop talking for a moment with your eyes closed. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you for a moment. As we sing these few songs together in closing tonight, Holy Spirit, would you continue to just stir in us to call us up into the fullness of what you have for us individually as a church and as your church, following you.